morning and thanks so much for joining us. Sun is out in parts of the province and uh, shaping up to be not a bad day. Road crews are out as well, helping out both in uh, communities and out on the highways where we've seen some uh, winter driving conditions, but definitely could use a little bit of salt and uh, cleaning off some of the snow. Some of those, especially like Highway 11 between Saskatoon and Regina, lots of reports that still the uh, right-hand lane is good, left-hand lane covered in snow. So they're out there working on that. Well, we talk lots about the fact that you know, we had a brown Christmas this year. We didn't get snow until January. And even then, we haven't had a lot over this last week. We've seen a little bit more, but really, all in all, not a ton of snow. What does that mean for agriculture, for farmers? Is this breeding grounds, this dry condition, breeding grounds for more grasshoppers? There's one person that we can check in with and talk to who provides us details on a regular basis through the show, Real Egg on the Weekend. Sean Haney, the host of that show, every Saturday at 4 and Sunday at 11, is joining us now for a check-in. Sean, thanks so much for taking our call. Yeah, no problem. So, you know, we haven't got a ton of snow this winter, and what snow we did have has melted now for most of the province. What is the situation in the province for farmers when it comes to moisture? Well, you know, typically we don't lose a crop in February, but jeepers, uh, we need some moisture to put it really lightly. Um, you know, and I, I think if you look at the southwestern corner uh, of the province, that's an area that's been dealing with drought for, you know, a number of years and, and kind of farms for drought on the most part uh, in every year or kind of prepares for or mentally gets their head wrapped around it. What, what's concerning is that we have areas in the province that are really short of moisture that are not used to dealing with it. You know, you look at some areas in the northern part, like um, you know, I was talking to a farmer from Tisdale. Uh, I was talking to a farmer from Canistano. You know, just not they're, they're not used to this lack of snow, and it's got people pretty, pretty concerned. Um, whether you're a rancher and looking at the condition of your grass, or you're you're a farmer and you're thinking about some, you know, trying to get that seed launched out of the ground. I, I would say right now, majority of the province is is pretty concerned about the, the moisture situation here for the 24 crop. I had a chat the other day with my brother who farms, and, and he was talking about the difference between, you know, a worry about the moisture in the ground and a worry about the moisture in the topsoil. And and his whole concern was with the topsoil being exposed, not a lot of, of uh, snow cover right now, that you lose the moisture out of there, which he said is a completely different issue than generally the, the level of the moisture table in the ground. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, and I think right now we're really cheering for that that heavy, wet snow in the springtime to kind of get us off to a really good start here. Um, you know, we're in February, so seeding is not that far away, right? So that that's that's really the reality of it. And the other compounding factor too, I think, is is the timing of when we get that moisture post seeding. Um, I was talking to Matt Makins from Makins Weather out of Colorado last week at the CattleCon convention in Orlando, and he was talking about Western Canada as a whole, you know, really getting some moisture in that June-July time frame. Well, if we have a really early spring, we you know, we get the crop in the ground, we get started, it's a long time until June. Mm-hmm. 
And so the question is, do we get some of those timely rains to help us get to when we may get more moisture in June, like Matt is predicting at this point? That That's really going to be something that we're, I think we're all watching. Because I, I think for the most part, you know, we're going to get the crop out of the ground, right? There, it's, it's not like we're uh, in the middle of the desert. It's the question of when do we get that next flush of moisture to get us to the, the next rainstorm whenever it does come. Chatting today with Sean Haney, host of Real Ag on the Weekend. Speaking of which, I heard you doing an interview the other day that this dry weather and dry conditions also can get us on the backside in terms of grasshoppers, prime breeding grounds in some ways in the province for grasshoppers. Are we expecting that to be a problem in this year as well? Yeah, I, I, I like to bring good news, but in this case, I'm not. Uh, I had a conversation with Governor of Saskatchewan entomologist, uh, Dr. Jim Tanzi, and what Jim talked about was the fact that, you know, a lot of the models are showing a bad year for grasshoppers again in 24. If you can imagine, um, 23 was really bad in some areas, and 24 is shaping up to be, to really be the same. What, what changes that or alters that trajectory? is if we were to get a cool, wet spring, which nobody is forecasting at this point. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's a real concern. Um, and, you know, hey, if we have a crop, if there's a crop out there, we have some products to protect ourselves. Uh, the other situation is if we're really into some drought situations, farmers got some tough decisions on, you know, when they, when they do try to control, what's the economic threshold, what's the action thresholds. It kind of reminds us a lot of 23. So, um, yeah, Dr. Tanzi forecasting another bad year this year for grasshoppers in the province. One of my guests that I had on in this past week was Conservative MP John Barlow, who, of course, uh, was the um, the push behind Bill C-234, removing carbon tax on barn heating, on grain drying. Um, as we know, gutted in the Senate, but has been sent back. They're trying to breathe some new life into it. Do you have a sense, Sean, of how big that would be for agriculture? Culture, if if we were able to get that passed, well, if there's a province that doesn't like the carbon tax. Definitely Saskatchewan. <laughs> um, you know, as I've traveled through the the province numerous times here in in the winter months, doing uh, conference season, so to speak, it's a topic that comes up all the time. Uh, I, I think the perception versus reality it really doesn't matter i think for a lot of farmers in the province of saskatchewan and around across the country know that the carbon tax is a cost that they are having to incur and it's really lighted a fire under that sentiment as we saw people in the maritimes get exemptions from a home heating standpoint and farmers looking at the government saying you know why not us and so this has been a hard one for people to get their head wrapped around on why why can when there are no alternative solutions you can't you can't heat your barn with solar panels or you know, at least effectively or there's no solar wind powered grain dryers farmers should be getting an exemption here because there's no alternative power source to drive them to on some of these practices that they have to they have to do on their farm so. 234 is is a path to getting exemption, but like you said, the shenanigans in the Senate. The House is trying to deal with it again here this week, but uh, of, of, of course, it, it's it's a real challenge and a long game. Um, farmers working hard on it, but it, it it's it's got a lot of work to be done to get to become any sort of legislation at this point. Another uh, element that I had on my show this week, we are talking about AI and how artificial intelligence is definitely steamrolling into tech. It's steamrolling into finance. 
How are we seeing AI? I think you recently moderated a panel discussion on AI and agriculture. What are we seeing in terms of, of trends happening there? Yeah, you know, to scare the, you know, what out of both of us, I, I saw uh, radio stations playing around with AI and um, AI radio show hosts. So yep. hopefully that doesn't come to fruition. Both of us <laughs> you know it's coming. You know it's coming. <laughs> You've don't never met me, son, idea. so you don't even know if I'm a real person. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, I, you know, I think from an artificial intelligence standpoint, agriculture is uh, it's it's like any other industry. It's looking for ways to you know to to grab a hold and and, and use the technology. And, and you know, if, one of the areas for sure when I hosted that panel uh, at at Grove Canada, which is the Crop Life meeting, was in Calgary this year. I had a panelist from John Deere, a panelist. From Microsoft Canada, actually, the president—he was the chief operate, chief technology officer with Two Microsoft billion, Canada. And he was really leading their artificial intelligence uh, work. So he—he he was a really informed panelist. You know, dealing with the labor shortage, right? This is this is where this kind of technology has has a fit. Farmers have proven that if a technology, uh, you know, helps them be more efficient, more productive lowers their cost of goods, they're willing to embrace it. There's an ROI. Farmers will jump in, you know, faster than almost anybody will. One of the one of the challenges though is, you know, access to rural broadband. If you need some sort of high throughput internet capacity in order to run some of this technology, you're gonna be struggling if, you know, just outside of Swift Current possibly or any other rural part of Saskatchewan. And and that's kind of the challenge that needs to kind of face a bit of a reckoning before yeah before we can step wholeheartedly into that all right before i let you go sean i'm I'm curious to know just on that notion of cool technology i walked around agribition this past fall i was at the crop production show uh this january there are some some real cool innovations and technology coming into the ag industry one or two that you would like to highlight I'm, i'm thinking first of all about drones and how they are being used and potentially how they could be used in the future what are your thoughts yeah, so I think that one's really evolved, right? So we, we've gone from where we think that drones are going to do all the spraying to where maybe drones are more of like a crop scouting tool that works in combination with satellites, or maybe drones are working with your your piece of machinery that is operating through the field and things working in tandem. A lot of times when we think about new technologies, it's like, oh, you know what, this is a new cool tech, and everyone's going to move to that. And it usually isn't the case, right? And so I think drones are one of the ones that are working with some of the machines that we're already using in in the field. The other thing I thought was really cool, we were at Agritechnica in Germany back in November, um, seeing a lot of smart implements. So with 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 autonomy, with auto- uh, autonomous tractors, uh, the brains of the operation being more in the implement versus in the tractor, right? In traditional sense, the human driving the tractor has been the brains and telling the implement what to do. As we have more autonomous units, the brains are actually in the implement telling the tractor what to do, which I thought was a really interesting switch around. I saw examples of that with some new prototypes, uh, not only at Kloss, but uh, also at Fent. So really, really cool stuff that in many ways may be here sooner than we think. So uh, definitely stuff. There's no shortage of tech coming at us right now in agriculture. Sean, our time is up. This has been a really good chat. I really appreciate you taking the time, and uh, we'll talk again soon. 
Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Sean Haney from Real Ag on the weekend that you can catch on this radio station Saturdays at 4 and Sundays at 11 right here on 980-CJME and 650-CKOM. Good morning, and thanks so much for joining us this morning. We've had lots of great conversations, including the one that I just had with Sean Haney. You know, Sean, host of Real Egg on the weekend. You can catch him Saturday afternoons at 4, Sunday mornings at 11. Sean stopped by to talk egg and what things are like. We talked about the moisture and the fact that, in his mind, we still have time for some of that wet snow that we can get in February and March and then some, maybe some rain in, in April, and we should be fine for moisture. But there's parts of the province that need quite a bit. He also highlighted the fact that grasshoppers look like they're going to be a problem in certain parts of the province again this year. We talked about exemptions that would be very helpful for farmers when it comes especially to grain drying, uh, to barn heating. That carbon tax, remember Bill C-234, which we've talked a lot about, that was gutted when it was sent to the Senate. Passed in the House, gets sent to the Senate, Gets gutted there. Now it's back at the house. That's an, that's another good topic for Andrew Shear when we've got him in here on, on Tuesday morning. And then we talked a little bit about AI and agriculture. Um, even some of the uh, new technology we talked about. He, he mentioned drones as a cop, uh, sorry, a crop scouting tool. Well, I, I'll tell you back in the day, that was a Sunday afternoon tradition to jump in the truck with dad. We'd go out to check the crops, right? Drive out to the field. He'd get out. He'd crouch down. I'd crouch down with him. I hadn't clue what I was looking for. He'd grab, you know, take a, a head of the the wheat, rub some of the kernels out, throw a few in his mouth, chew them. I'd do the same thing. Again, no clue why I'm doing it. But if Dad's doing it, I'm doing it. He'd walk around, kick the dirt a little bit. Somehow I figured, well, I guess he's figuring out how things are looking in the crop. So I can't imagine doing it with a drone because my memories of a crop check are that right and if you're real lucky you had an orange pop in the truck with you as well but <laughs> things have changed and now if you're if you're farming 40,000 acres uh, I'm not sure you're going out kicking the dirt and uh, taking a few kernels of wheat and throwing them in your mouth you may be still doing that but there's there are lots of more modern ways to check and drones is, is one of them so if you if you didn't catch the interview with with Sean Haney he's always a great guest I would encourage you to uh, to check it out you can go on the website it's always logged there for you or wherever you get your podcasts as well and I appreciate again Sean Haney from real egg on the weekend Saturdays at four Sundays at 11 for uh, joining us this morning well, still a little bit left to go in the show. We're going to be talking Super Bowl. I wanted to bring in the Green Zone's Jamie Nye, who yesterday they did a, a draft of Super Bowl foods. It's always interesting to uh, you know, <laughs> hear these drafts that they've got going on. They did one for Christmas songs. They did one for Super Bowl foods yesterday. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit about the Super Bowl with Jamie. Um, he also had an expert on talking about prop bets, which are out of control for this Super Bowl because of Taylor Swift. Who would have thought a year ago, if you were already speculating what the prop bets for this coming Super Bowl would be, who would have even factored the two words Taylor Swift into that conversation? But it is for people that are doing prop bets and parlays and all of those different things. It's, it's become big. So we'll uh, chat with Jamie a little bit about that uh, coming up just after. 
12 o'clock. It's been a, it's been a great day. I appreciate all of the texts. By the way, I, I didn't get to this one, uh, but I did want to throw it out there. I got a text saying, this is a bug during bugs and hugs. What bugs me? People shoveling their snow onto the street, blocking the paths on the street for people that don't have driveways. Yeah. How do I get my bin out on the street? I have to climb over a snowbank to get to my car. We need some more common courtesy when it comes to cleaning driveways and sidewalks. So today, after that snow that most of the province got over the last couple of days, just keep that in mind. Maybe that was your neighbor. There was no name on that text, so it could have been your neighbor texting into Bugs and Hugs today. You're listening to 980 CJME and 650 CKOM.